I'm just going to take this time to just jump right into my sermon. Um, I believe that God is speaking a consistent message to our hearts. I know what I'm preaching and I see his hand among it all, so I just want to get into it. Uh, We've been doing a series on the book of Colossians. It's written by uh, the Apostle Paul, and it's written to a church um, where things seem to be going well. They're known for their faith and love in Jesus Christ. They're known for their love for others and their faith in God. And, and he writes them a letter, and he's encouraging them with, with these verses. Uh, this is in Colossians chapter 3. He said, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. See that the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. In the reality that I believe God was speaking to the church in Colossae and that God is speaking to us, is that there's greater things for us, his children, that can be found in Jesus Christ. We have greater things that are ours. Sometimes we settle. Sometimes we're okay. Sometimes we're we're satisfied. But he's encouraging us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to seek out the things of God. We've talked about the promise of greater hope that we have as his children. That's not this wondering, but this confident assurance we have that's stored up for us heavenward in Christ Jesus Our inheritance is, we have a confident assurance, a greater hope as children of God. We looked at the reality that that one of the phrases Paul repeats, not just in this letter, but in several letters, is that we have greater purpose. We need to live our lives worthy of the, uh, live our lives worthy is what he says, basically of, of who God has made me to be. You have a purpose. It's a greater purpose than what you're doing here in this world or, 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 or it's a greater purpose than sometimes we allow ourselves to see because we're a part of his body. We have a confidence in him. And then we talked about last week that we have greater qualification. So if God has called you to do it, he's the one who made us all. He put us all in order. We read in Sunday school, he put us here in this place and this time. If he's created us all and put us all in this place, he's qualified us for what he's asked us to do. Amen? I mean, we, we shouldn't wrestle with that. Can I, God? No. It's not can I. It's how can I, maybe. But, it's, but the reality is I can. We have greater qualification in Jesus Christ. I just want to continue looking at the greater things that we have in him. Later on in this chapter, chapter 1 of this letter, Paul says this, I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. Remember, he's in prison. That's kind of some of his suffering right now. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for the ages and generations, but it's now disclosed to the Lord's people. Now, verse 26, Paul says, I'm rejoicing in what? The revelation of... The greatest mystery of all time. I'm going to give you the answers. You're getting the answers. You, the answers have been revealed to you. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Today I get to preach on greater riches that we have through Jesus Christ. And some are going to say, man, this is going to be a good one. I don't like you talking about me being qualified, but I really like you talking about me being rich. 
Right? I mean, this is a good one. Pastor's going to preach on prosperity. I'm going to get a new car tomorrow. I'm going to get a new house and everything's going to be good. That's not the intent of this message. We can look at this book and see that. Remember this church? There were two churches that are addressed in the book of Colossians. One was the church in Colossae and the other one was the church in, do you remember? Laodicea. We read a little bit of that. I'm going to read it again. And I want you to see how the church is described by God in in, in Revelation chapter 3. It's interesting because Paul just spoke of glorious riches. What do we see here? I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am... What were Laodicea and saying? I'm rich. Now the rebuke, (laughs) well not yet. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you're a wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. Save to put on your eyes so you can see. Now, isn't it interesting that Paul is writing to this church about the mystery that has been revealed to them of God's glorious riches? This is a church. These are people who in the eyes of men, they're fine. They're rich. They've acquired what they need. They have the wealth to be sufficient where they are. They're not poor. They're not destitute. They're not broken. They've got enough. Why would Paul say to them, God has revealed in you the mystery of, The glorious riches which are found in Christ. You see, I think that sometimes when it comes to this conversation on on the greater riches that are yours and I in Jesus Christ, we often go to the riches of this world. We're not kingdom minded when it comes to this. We're so carnally minded. We're so here and now minded that we miss the glorious riches because we're settled for the, the, the temporary riches of this world. Jesus said, don't store up for yourself what? Treasures on earth, where what? Moth and rust destroy. I mean, there's something that we, as children of God, need to learn. Remember the pharaohs? We find their tombs, and what did they do? They put all their riches in their tombs so they could be found like 3,000 years later. They didn't take it anywhere with them. Their riches didn't mean a thing. They're dead like everyone else is dead. There's a kingdom perspective when it comes to our riches. Remember the story of Jesus where he's, he's ministering and this young, rich ruler comes to him. He asks Jesus the question, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, you know, do these things. He said, those I've done, I've done all that, I'm good, I've, I've kept the law, I've done all that you've said. And Jesus says to him, go sell all that you have and come follow me. And it says that rich young ruler went away sad because he couldn't handle the thought of being poor in this world's eyes. I want to talk about the greater riches that are yours and I. 
We have a promise. I'm telling you all today, there's a promise of treasure in your life. So if there's a promise of treasure, remember, we've all watched the movies. What happens when there's a promise of treasure? There's a cool little treasure map, right? I mean, it tells me where to find the treasure. Today, I hope that as we talk, I'm going to give you the treasure map to find the treasures that are yours. Now, if I told you that there was a treasure in this sanctuary, how many of you are going to go home and look for it? I mean, it'd be foolish, right? If you want the greater riches that are yours, you might want to look where God says you can find them. It's pretty novel stuff. It's the reality of what God is saying to us. Too often, what I feel like is we're looking for riches, and we're looking for them in all these other places, expecting to find the riches that God has promised us, but we're not looking where he told us to look. What would we call that? I'm a pastor, so I'll say foolish. You can say stupid if you want. Ignorant. Yet that's what we do with the kingdom promises that God has for us. We start looking for riches in this world, expecting that we're going to find the riches for us in this world. When God has said, no, I've got glorious riches for you, which are where? In Christ. You know, he said something else really cool in that verse. If I can go back. He answered the question right away. So the answer to my whole sermon is right here. I'm going to preach a lot more because i got a lot of verses because Paul likes this phrase. He uses it in several of his letters. But he says it right here. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. I'm going to tell you the treasure map is right there. I'm going to tell you what you're seeking. It's right there in that verse. The mystery has been solved. The mystery of God's love for man. The mystery of God's provision for us. It has been solved. It has been revealed. And it has been placed where? Where? It's in you. What is? Christ is in you. The, the, the key to discovering the treasures, the riches that God has for us is the reality that Christ is in me. If I'm looking anywhere but Christ, I will not find them. Huh? Paul did it pretty quick in his letter. Pastor's going to do it pretty long in mine. You know, I watch these shows. I like the shows. I don't know if anybody else is compelled by all the, the gold hunting shows or treasure hunting shows on Discovery Channel. And so my new one I've been watching is the Outback Opal Hunters. And these guys are going below ground with jackhammers trying to find opal. They're looking for a rock like, like this big. They bring out buckets, truckloads of rocks, and they're looking for a little rock this big. It's amazing to me as I watch these shows, it's not what I'm always thinking about, but, but what I ponder on sometimes is how much effort people are willing to go for the treasures of this world. Like I watched one the other day, some dude's just walking across, I mean there's like little holes everywhere in this outback, and he falls down a hole. Because someone had dug a hole there and they covered it back up, but that's about all they did. They didn't have reclamation there. You know, like, it's just open holes. And he literally like, falls down. Like, they're putting their life on the line to find a little rock. They don't even know if it's there or not. And I watch them and I wonder, 
why so much effort for the not-so-glorious riches? Man, and then when we talk about the riches of God, excuse me, watch your toes. I don't have time. I got, I got other stuff I got to do. That's going to cost an awful lot. I watch the gold rush show Parker Schnabel's buying like a million dollar washing plant for gold that he's not yet found. And I think, what are we willing to invest? Like, if we really believed, listen to me. If we believed that there was a gold nugget in this room, and I said, whoever finds it can keep it. There is not, so don't start looking. We're going to look until we find it. You know what? Trevor might shove someone. You know what I mean? Yet God promises us. Paul, this is one of the phrases he uses with every, almost every letter he writes. He writes about our glorious riches, which are ours in Jesus Christ, and we spend no effort or energy trying to discover what God has promised. I'm guessing we don't believe they're there. Fair? I mean, if we believed they were there, wouldn't we look for them there? And he's already told us where they are. They're in Christ who is in you because you're a child of God. He spoke to us this morning, right? That he is a shelter, that he is a lighthouse for us to go to for, for protection, for deliverance, for whatever. So what foolishness would it be for me to stand on the rocks and expect to be protected? What are our riches in him? He said earlier in this letter, he talks about the map. The sun is the first, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him who is in you, that should bring you confidence, that should bring you treasure, that should bring you some richness in your life. All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood that was shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith Established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you've heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. In Christ, the likeness of God, 
in whom the fullness of God dwells, through whom all things were created. He was before all things. He is the head of the body of Christ, the one who, who directs us. We're going to get to that in a couple of weeks about, about our place in his body. He, he is the, 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 the way for reconciliation. He's the one who qualifies you to be presented to the Father, to be made free from sin and condemnation. He's the one in which we are redeemed. And he is in you. Maybe we should start looking at what he's doing in me or what he has in store in you. Because Christ is in you. I mentioned Paul. Excuse my cheesy 1980s graphics for all my graphic artists because I couldn't come up with a really good coin. That's a gold coin in the corner if you're wondering. Painter, don't you dare make fun of me. That's my gold coin. You're going to get a gold coin today. So if you're wondering what that is, if it's like a, a gold chocolate or something, no, it's a gold coin. I'm going to show you the glorious riches that Paul writes about to the different, in, the, in the different letters that he writes. These are the riches that we should be focused on. And as I talk about these, these are yours. I'm not just mentioning them because they might be available. I'm not just saying there is some gold today for someone in this room. I'm saying that, that these promises of glorious riches, they are yours in Christ Jesus. So this coin, it's yours. So you can take it and put it in your pocket if it was real. I don't have real gold coins for you to put in your pocket. Sorry, Jim. Colossians 2, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom were hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, I think we live this life seeking wisdom and knowledge. We long for the reality of wisdom and knowledge, and we look for it in all these places. We're looking for it in books, and we're looking for it in men, and we're looking for it in things. We're looking for it in pursuits or in experience. But the reality is, is that God has promised us all wisdom and knowledge. He said, in him, that's Christ, are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So if I need wisdom or knowledge, where should I look? Hey, we're getting this. You know, too often when we're seeking wisdom and knowledge, we're looking for others. We're looking for things. We're looking for signs. Maybe we should look for Christ. Solomon, remember that story? He became king. He said, I don't know enough. and I'm too young for this job. God said, I'll give you anything in the world. And what did he get? Discernment and wisdom. That's what he asked for. And God said, because you asked for this, Solomon literally becomes like the richest person that's ever lived on the face of this earth in the worldly standard. But the core of the reality was, God said to him, you could have asked for riches, you could have asked for wealth, but because you asked for wisdom and knowledge... I give it to you. I want to tell you that there is wisdom and knowledge that's yours in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the, glorious, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy 
people. There's a promise. There's a, there's a treasure of wisdom and knowledge that God has set for you in Jesus Christ. It's yours. What other things does, does Paul say in the book of Ephesians also? He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches. I said this is a phrase that Paul likes. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3. There's a treasure that's yours. Through Jesus Christ. A treasure is strength and power. You know, when you feel weak, you'd give anything to feel strong. Huh? Heavy? Any price to feel strong right now. In my physical body. He's promised us through Jesus Christ, strength. Where does that strength come? It comes through the Spirit of God. Acts, he said what? You'll be endued with power. We should be a people who are strong. We should be a people who have power because Christ is in us and the Spirit of God is in us. It's our treasure. It's our source. There's a lot of potential energy in this room. And I'm now talking about energy like the stuff that comes from from the coal factory or whatever else. Like processing plant, whatever it's called. If I gave Jim a fork and said, go put it in the, in, in the outlet. There's a lot of power. But what good is the power if we haven't found it? It says in another verse that we've been marked with a seal. That's the promised Holy Spirit who is our deposit guaranteeing the inheritance of our redemption in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's strength and power that is yours. You might say in this world, I don't have enough. God says, yes, you do. I've given it to you. There's a treasure. There's rich of strength and power. If you just access it. He's talked about Wisdom, knowledge, strength, power. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. You will not find the treasure of redemption or forgiveness anywhere but in Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be redeemed than through the cross of Jesus Christ. 
That was the punishment. That was the penalty. That was the price that was paid for the forgiveness of your sin was through the cross of Jesus Christ. You can find redemption in no other way. You can find the treasure, the richness of redemption in no other place than Jesus Christ. You can try to find forgiveness in this world. And it's nice to be forgiven by men, but I want to be forgiven by God. Because you know what? We're conditional. Huh? We try to forgive. But if you're seeking your forgiveness from me, guess what? It doesn't matter for your eternity. The treasure of forgiveness can only be found in Jesus Christ. I have wisdom, knowledge, strength, power, redemption, and forgiveness that are mine in Jesus Christ. In order that, this is Ephesians again, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. There is grace and there's mercy that can be found in Jesus Christ. There's a rich, the treasure, there's a gold nugget of mercy and grace. I'm telling you, when I need mercy, I love when I find mercy. Do you know what I mean? So what is mercy? Mercy is, is the ability, it's not the one sitting back there. And mercy is not getting what I deserve. Have you ever been there? Where you're like, oh my, uh-oh, I did that. And you know what you deserve for that? Mercy is God coming alongside you and saying, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. Now, I'll tell you what, when you get mercy, it's a gold coin. It's a treasure that, I mean, you don't want anyone to touch it. Grace. What is grace then? If mercy is not getting what I deserve, grace is getting what I don't deserve. The wages of sin is death, right? Every one of us. It's apportioned to every one of us to die. We all deserve death. The grace of God is revealed through Jesus Christ when he gave us what we didn't deserve, which was his forgiveness, which was his redemption, which was our inheritance in Jesus Christ. You try to take my grace... I'm not going to let you have it. Because it's a rich treasure. I keep wanting to use rich as a noun in my devotion and in my sermon, and it's not working. I've got to use the word treasure. It's mine in Jesus Christ. There's greater riches. The one that we often associate with it, and I want to make sure I, 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 I point this out. In the book of Philippians, Paul's talking to the people. And he's thanking them for what they gave to him. Often when I pray for our offerings, which I didn't do today, and I'll try to remember to do before we leave, I like to pray this very prayer that God will supply all your needs according to what? His glorious riches which are found in Christ Jesus. He's speaking to a people. He's speaking of physical needs right now. He's speaking of the things that we like to think about. He's speaking of the goods. He's speaking of the provision. He's speaking of having. 
He's praying that God would meet every one of their needs, their physical needs, their house and their, their roof and their transportation and their, and their food and their whatever else. He's praying that God would meet them through the, the glorious riches which are found in Christ Jesus. There's absolutely riches, there's treasures for our needs that are found in Christ Jesus. But I say sometimes, these are the hardest ones to find. Why? Laodiceans? We've got enough. Do we know what it really means to need? Oftentimes, we're not looking because we say, hey, I've acquired wealth. I'm telling you, there's a treasure for your needs, which will only be found in Jesus Christ. Have you ever prayed for something so hard? You were convinced that you needed it this way? But God had a different plan for you? Well, I'll be, de- I'll be honest. I was desperate. I was like an old man when we got married. I wanted a wife. I prayed all kinds of different directions for a wife. Definitely didn't think it was coming in the way in which God brought it about. I can be Garth Brooks. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Come on, you got some richness in your pastor today. Haven't we ever thought that there's a need that I have that God should meet it this way, but he had a much better way? And if he would have met it in the way I thought he should meet it, I'd be much poorer today than I am in this moment. I'm rich because of the bride God gave me. And Kathy's loudest amen was for you this morning. But when we're looking... For our needs to be met in places other than Jesus Christ, it will never be sufficient. When we're looking for wisdom or knowledge in any place other than Jesus Christ, it will never be enough. When we're looking for for redemption, when we're looking for strength, when we're looking for power, when we're looking for forgiveness, when we're looking for grace or mercy in any place other than Jesus Christ, it will not be enough because God has given us a treasure. That treasure is His Son, Jesus Christ, in whom, through whom, we have the fullness of life. I have come that you may have life and have it Abundant. Have it to the full. That's through Jesus Christ. You guys can come up here. Why? Why? Why then do we look for treasure everywhere else? This morning, I believe God's been preparing us for now, he spoke to us earlier about a door. He spoke to us about a way in which we can have what he's promised us. Every one of my cheesy coins is yours today. 
Every one of them is something that God desires for you to have. It's something that God has set apart for you in his kingdom. Yet, there's all these treasures that we've not accessed. There's all these blessings. There's all these things that we haven't reached out for, that we haven't sought out to find. Well, guess what? If I don't find it, I can't use it. Guess what? If I don't find it, you're poor because I can't share it with you. So if you're not going to look for yourself, look for your kids. Because God's got glorious riches. Maybe, just maybe, you should put as much effort... Oh, Rosemary. Rosemary shared she lost her hearing aid. And she's been looking for that hearing aid. What if you were looking as hard for the riches that he has for you? And I say that in love, and I'm not calling Rosemary out by saying that. I'm using that as an example that we need in our lives. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus, this letter to the church in Philippi, this letter to the church in Colossae, and he told them all the same thing. There are glorious riches that I'm speaking to you today. There are glorious riches that are yours. It's Christ in you. That's the only place you can find it. So this morning, I'm not sure where you're feeling a little deficient. I'm not sure what you might need. But I will tell you there's a way that's through Jesus Christ to get the need that you have. If you need wisdom or revelation today, I'm going to encourage you to look to the cross of Jesus Christ and find, seek out, dig in. You know what? Sometimes they dig like hundreds of feet underground looking for jewels, but we won't turn a couple pages in the book looking for truth. I'm going to tell you, today there's wisdom and revelation. You might feel you might feel weak. You might feel uh, uh, feeble today. I want you to know that the Spirit of God is in you. And God said He has endued you with power for whatever He's called you to do. So you can't say, I can't because I'm too tired or I don't have enough. God will supply that through His Spirit which is in you. I'm not forgiven or I'm not redeemed. You are redeemed through Jesus Christ. The fullness of His grace and mercy. Every need which you have, that's a physical need and that's a spiritual need, will be provided for you through Jesus Christ. What are we doing? You know, you can take the map and you can crumble it up and throw it in the garbage. Or you can take the map and you can study it and find the treasure. It's in your ball game. It's in your court. It's what do we do with what God's given us. Father, we come to you this morning. And God, all across this room, I pray that we would be rich. I pray for discovery, God, of, of treasure. God, every one of us, I think, from the time we were a little kid, we wanted to be a treasure hunter. Indiana Jones. Or... You've called me to find treasure. It's mine in Jesus Christ. Got to help. I pray for your help. 
for the counselor, the advocate, the spirit of God. To set my heart and my mind on things that are above. Even when my, when, my, when my mind and my friends tell me the answers are in things below, God, I pray that my heart and mind would be set on things above so I can find not just what is enough, but that which you have intended, the glorious riches that are mine in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that we can look at Jesus the one in whom the fullness of God dwelled the one in which you loved the world so much that you sent for the purpose of dying so that I might have life and have it to the full for the purpose that that what was separating from me from you sin in my life could be forgiven The one in whom the glorious riches are found. The one through whom I become a joint heir. God, help us this morning to start discovering. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to have them sing this song, and this morning I just encourage you. Um, to spend some time praying and seeking Jesus Christ. You know what I was thinking of, though, with treasure hunters? What's the first thing they do when they find a treasure? They want to tell someone. I'm believing there's treasures you're going to find. And I want to say that when you find a treasure, I want to hear it. When you find a treasure, I want I want you to be able to share it with, with those that are around you. There are, there are nuggets, there are treasures, there is life, there is wisdom, there is knowledge, there is strength, there is power, mercy, forgiveness, redemption that God will reveal to you that someone else needs to share. Because see, we're the kingdom of God. And we're richer together. He designed it that way. He's the head. (laughs) He put us all together because we're richer with each other. So when you discover your treasure, I want to hear about it. The pastor might even say, are you willing to share that with someone? What about the church? I want us to be a rich people, amen? I want us to be experiencing every treasure that he set aside. Discovering, digging deeper, learning more in Jesus Christ. This morning they're going to sing the same song. We ended worship with it and I said, let's let's just pick up with that at the end of service. Because we're talking about needs. We're talking about uh, issues. We're talking about family. We're talking about positions. We're talking about things in this song. And, and the response to this song was simply, I speak because, see, he's Christ. And Christ is all. He's in all. And all the treasures are found in him. So, so that's the position of our hearts this morning, that we can find 
what is ours in him. As a pastor, I will open the altars. If you say, Pastor, I want someone to stand with me. I need someone to dig with me. I need someone to pray with me for this for this treasure. I want to be able to pray with you. If you've never experienced the door and walking through the door, that is Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you about that because there's treasures that are yours in him. Amen? So Nancy came up and shared something with me. So I'm going to ask her to share it with the church. Some of you know the journey that I've been on. That, what, six years ago, God told me it was time to change a career. I had no idea what that looked like. I didn't even know what that was. I'm late 30s. Like, God, I can't change careers. I've been in the medical field for 20 years. This song resonates with me so much because of my practice. I went into counseling because we needed counselors to do it God's way, not the world's way. We needed people to put one foot on the Holy Spirit and one foot on, on my patients, on my clients. This song is everything that I get to do day in and day out. I get to speak Jesus over people because of his promise, because I followed the map that God set out for me. God placed it in front of our lives, and we have so many blessings and so many promises that are lining up in our lives today that could never have been done if we wouldn't have taken that path and that journey. No matter what your career is, no matter what you're doing in life, you can always have one foot on the Holy Spirit and one foot on your job, one foot on your family, one foot on your classroom, one foot on your your, your servants that you're raising up, one foot always has to be on Jesus and the other foot on what you're doing to bring that glory, to see God's map, to see his promises day in and day out. And I am so overwhelmingly thankful today for that path. I was thinking before Nancy talked to me, see that we wonder, am I pursuing riches of this world or the riches of God? Well, one thing that I've learned is that when I find his riches, I want to share them. So if I were giving you a treasure map for gold in this world, you're not going to show anyone. You're probably not even showing your spouse. But when I give you the riches, the glorious riches that are yours in, in, in Jesus Christ, we should be compelled to share them with others. You see, because kingdom riches are eternal. They're infinite. There's not a limited amount. There's not only one gold nugget that we're all seeking out. He's got, he's got glorious riches. That's infinite riches that we want. I want you. I want others to find. I want, I want my family to find them. I want our community to find them. I want my enemies to find them because they're glorious. There's enough. There's more than enough. So when I find kingdom riches, I'm compelled to share. When I find the riches of this world, I'm combined, I'm, I'm compelled to keep. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you discover... your glorious riches. Amen? Be blessed.